Welcome to DFW Yoga Podcast. My name is Debbie Simon. This podcast is dedicated to highlighting unique yoga voices in the Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, and surrounding areas. Today, my guest is Summer Smith. Summer is a yoga teacher and the owner of Yama Yoga Studio in Ken, Texas. She just wrapped up filming her documentary, A Yogi in the Bible Belt, about her experience of opening a yoga studio in a conservative Christian community. Welcome, Summer. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Of course. Well, before we start, because I follow you on social media, and I know a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, there was a big tornado. Yes. That devastated Canton, because I saw a lot of the work that you were doing. How is the community doing? We're doing better. We're doing better. Um, it's, it's been a process, for sure. But I'm happy to report that um, the community really pulled together, and to be able to watch people come together the way that they have just to help one another has been truly inspiring. It's how I think communities should work. Mm -hmm. We go to each other for what we need, and it's been beautiful to watch people open up and help and be so generous in giving. Yeah, as, as watching on the news, it just really seemed to have devastated the town, but I saw so much of the work that you were personally doing. I mean, you were doing food, clothes drives. I saw you picking up people and dropping off people and picking up a little bit of everything (laughs) a little bit of everything so just for you personally on that and then we'll move on to other things but for you personally what was that experience like for you seeing all that devastation and then um what you were able to do to help how did that sort of change you maybe a little bit well first of all you can't imagine the devastation it Mm -hmm. looks like it looks like a bomb went off and so you, it looks like a war zone, and it's just bizarre to see metal wrapped around trees or trees broken in half, and they look like toothpicks. And it's, it is unfathomable. You can't, you can't um, comprehend what you're seeing. And so once you kind of get past that, then you just get into work mode, and you know that people need trees um, you know, cut away from their homes, or they need a meal, or they need a place to stay, or they need a ride to and from a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. And so I think you just, I think everybody's honestly in a little bit of shock, mm-hmm. and I think then you just kind of move forward, you figure out what the need is, mm-hmm. and then you just go. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody kind of you know, jumped on board. Um, my yogis, I'm so proud of them uh, for, for just jumping in and, and helping just trying to find the need. And, and then filling it. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as changing me, I don't know that um, it's changed me a, a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, I love to be in service. So I think that it was an opportunity for me just to be in, in deeper service mm-hmm. and um, to be able to touch people's lives in, you know, in ways that are important to me, yeah. letting people know that I care and, mm-hmm. and that I'm here for them if they need it. Yeah, well, you were an inspiration, Summer. Thank I, you. I was amazed at, at what I saw you doing sort of from afar, and it was very inspiring. So Thank kudos you. to you. Thank you. I like to start uh, every podcast uh, asking my guests to tell us their yoga story. Okay. So how did yoga find you? Well, I was going through a very difficult time in my marriage, and the funny thing is, I had subscribed to Yoga Journal about a year before, and I wasn't really practicing. So it was an odd subscription for me to get. But now when I look back, I feel like it was just a message to me, letting me know what was to come. So I had been reading up on yoga. I'd been practicing on my own. Obviously, there was nothing in Canton. You know, there's nothing that was offered as far as yoga went. And so I got a few DVDs. I um, got some books. I studied myself. 
And then as my marriage was really going through some difficult times, I was just fearful of what I was going to have to do. If this ended, what was I going to do? How was I going to raise five boys on my own? And so I thought, well, what can I do that I really love, um, that I'm passionate about? And, and I thought, you know what? It's yoga. So I got online. I looked at a couple of different teacher trainings. Um, I found Yoga Island in Flower Mound with Sloan Park, and she was absolutely amazing. And it very much fit the profile that I wanted, more of a spiritual um, and philosophical aspect as well as the physical practice. Mm-hmm. And uh, so once I found that, I enrolled and... And that was how my journey began. Mm-hmm. And I remember Sloan saying to me that most people come to yoga. They both, most people come to the mat because they are in pain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was so true for me. And mm-hmm. it was very healing for me. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that? 2005. Yeah. I remember uh, when Sloan was the lone yoga yep. studio in yep. uh, the whole you know, area. I know. You know she's it was just amazing. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 She is. And she's influenced a lot of people. She's, a, she's an amazing person. So... Um, it was great that you were able to go th- through your training with her. Um, so you did your teacher training. You taught for a, a while, and then did you or did nope. you jump right into studio right ownership? In. Didn't even think about it. <laughs> Opened a studio. I went back, and I mean, within a week of graduating, I, I that was it. That's what I was doing, and I was kind of amazed that there were several people who were just doing training, you know, just for them. I thought, what? What do you mean you're not going to teach? This is just for your own personal growth. Um, but I knew immediately I was going to open a studio and, and go for it. So you opened your studio, Yama Yoga Studio, Yama Yoga. Uh, in, in Canton, in Texas. Canton. So that's in East Texas, beautiful East Texas, Texas. town. I have a lot mm-hmm. of family that lives in East Texas, and it's just about over 3,500 people. So not a yeah, big, not huge. huge draw. Yeah. Um, it's about an hour east of Dallas for, for those people who are listening who don't know exactly where Canton is. Um, but like a lot of small East Texas towns, it's pretty conservative, kind of Christian. Not um, pretty. Okay. <laughs> very, very conservative okay. Christian. I was, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so you are right now the only uh, yoga studio in town or, or have others? Okay. No, that. I'm the only yoga studio, but okay. I'm also the only yoga school out in East Texas. Um, there are a couple in Tyler now, but at the time I was the only one. So I did draw from all of the smaller towns. So I'm happy to say that yoga's popped up in like Ben Wheeler and in Lindale and I mean, in just these little towns, Van, all around Canton and Van St. County, um, just graduates of Yama Yoga. And so we're spreading the word. <laughs> well, that must be very gratifying it is. for you. It is. Yeah. So how did, when you first started, now, of course, it's the, the word is spreading, but when you first started, how did the community respond to a yoga studio opening? Yoga has some pretty heavy, uh, uh, I guess mythology around it, maybe, sure. and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, how did the community respond? Well, my very first class, I had about 30 people that attended, and so I thought, this is going to be fantastic, we're not going to have any issues, um, and it was a little overwhelming uh, to teach my very first class, you know, that many people for me, um, and then it went well, and then afterwards, the next couple of days, and then for several months after that, I'd been, I began to get calls asking if I was a Christian and or just what my faith was, and I would you know, just politely respond. Um, it doesn't really have anything to do with yoga, what my faith is, because that's not what I'm doing. We're just teaching yoga, but I began to understand how people perceive yoga as a religion 
and that they were struggling trying to weave the practice mm -hmm. in with their faith. Mm -hmm. had, had that idea or that kind of conflict ever come to your mind before? I know I, that's why I stayed away from yoga for a few years. I definitely had people who's like, oh no, you can't do it. You it know goes what? Against. Not for me because mm -hmm. I grew up in a very spiritual household. Mm -hmm. And so religion wasn't a part of my life. Dogma wasn't a part of my life. And so what drew me to yoga was the spiritual practice. But what I've learned over the years being in Canton is that we're speaking the same language. We're just using different jargon, different terminology. So I feel like over the last 10 years at least, it's been an education for me to simply learn how to translate the same philosophies and practices into words that people feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like I've had to alter it too much because we're saying exactly the same thing, but I do have to put it into terminology that makes sense for them and that's non-threatening. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. There are a lot of misconceptions out there. You touched on one of them that yoga is a religion. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the other ones that you've heard that you might have had to... Oh, that you have to watch out for the music that's being played in the background because it's Sanskrit words. And I just explained to people, it's no different than Spanish or French. If it were being played in French, would you be so frightened? Of course not. So you just have to explain to people what Sanskrit is and uh, what the words mean mm -hmm. and it's beautiful it's all about love I mean you know that uh, mantras and enchanting is all about just love and opening yourself up to um, divine energy and spirituality um, but those words are scary to people who've never been introduced to them and so I feel like I'm a, just a translator <laughs> trying to help people understand the true nature of the yoga practice mm -hmm. you know and that it's safe and accessible mm -hmm. but you got to navigate those waters a little bit mm -hmm. carefully Oh, yeah. I mean, you do. I mean, I think that uh, it, it can cause all kinds of things to come up uh, internally. I have totally can relate to that. And um, it, it it can sometimes for some people, and I do it happen for me, it was it's a kind of a crisis of faith. I look back on it now and I'm like, well, what's, you know, what's the big deal? But, you know, but after time, getting through it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, and it, it can cause all kinds of uh, interruption and kind of questioning and things like that, which is, I think, is a good thing to do. I think it's a good thing, too. Oh, it's a good thing. And I think that it only enhances your faith. Mm -hmm. But I think that people have to, um, you know, one of the one of the main things that people um, are a little, I guess, startled by when they walk into the studio is when they see faces of Buddha or just other statues. And so you just have to explain to people what that means, that we're not worshiping an idol the Buddhas that we have, first of all, I'm a yoga teacher, so people give me Buddhas. <laughs> that's just, that's it. It's a gift that you give a yoga teacher. But um, that these are aspects for us to focus on during meditation because we can't know the mind of God. So, but we can try to understand an aspect of the mind of God. And so a Buddha statue with his eyes closed is reminding us to be in meditation, just to go within. Just like a, a symbol of Jesus on the cross mm -hmm. would be um, a reminder for a Christian to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made uh, in their stead. It's the same thing that we're asking our students to do. When you come in, we're not asking you to worship Buddha or, uh, or Shiva. We're saying this just represents an aspect of yoga and God's mind that you could um, meditate deeper on and have a better philosophical understanding of. And it, like you said, it so does broaden your faith and your uh, connection and your spirituality. Yes. Um, and 
I think it gives a very calming once you kind of get through that initial sort of inner conflict if that is, if that's what someone's having um, it can bring an immense sense of peace and connection to the rest of, of humanity so, I agree mm-hmm. I agree yeah but I think you're right I think that in in dogmatic thinking in religion um, you know you're taught to protect yourself and that um, and that the, the devil or Satan you know will approach you with a smiling face and, um, and a calm demeanor. And so if that's what you've been taught your whole life, and then you meet someone who's telling you something different from what you've been taught, it's still a peaceful message. And then you're like, and then but you start to question, it's a peaceful message. She's a pleasant looking person, but you know, is this, is this you know, the devil at work in my life? And do I need to guard myself against it? So being in Canton has helped me really understand the depth of that indoctrination and the guilt that comes along with a lot of time with um, with faith and religion. Um, and you just have to chip away at it a little bit gently, mm-hmm. you know, and encourage slowly, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, no, and, and letting them know that you're not trying to quote-unquote convert anybody no, at I all. No hidden agenda. Right. Yeah, I'm just right. spreading some love and yeah. a little bit of peace. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. all could do yeah, that. Yeah, learn to trust sure. yourself, yeah. <laughs> So with all of that, you decided, hmm, there's something going on here. So I'm going to you know, create something to help explain yeah. like, what is happening and what I'm seeing. And so you decided to make a documentary about your experience as a yogi in Canton. So what inspired you to do that? Anything else besides what you were seeing with your students? Yeah. Well, honestly, struggle? yeah, this started out as a book. But I'd been writing this book for 10 years, and I just couldn't finish it. And I, and I didn't understand why I couldn't finish it. And then two teacher trainings ago, I met this wonderful lady um, named Donna Gatewood. And she started, she in, came into teacher training, she enrolled, and we started talking about her past and what she did. And she was in production. And so we, and then I just went, oh, goodness, I think that this is what I've been waiting for. It's why I couldn't finish the book. It was never supposed to be a book. And so she and I started talking, and her husband is still in production. And so we had one meeting, and they were so on board. They were like, we love this. We want to do more projects this way that have some meaning and that will add something, you know, to the world and to the consciousness of, you know, an evolution of our society. And then that was it. And then, and then it just took off. Wow. Yeah. So let's back up a little bit on that and just the nuts and bolts of creating <laughs> A film, a documentary. Yeah. What is involved in that? Um, I'm sure it's two steps forward, three steps back. It is. Mm-hmm. And I really, I had no idea what I was getting into, but I will admit that I'm a little addicted to the process now. It's really fun to take a concept and then watch it evolve. And even over the last couple of weeks, what we've discovered is we thought that we wanted it to go in one direction. And as we were going through and looking at the film, I definitely was demystifying a lot of the practice, but I wasn't showing why I had to demystify the practice. So we we took a, a little a little turn, and um, and we really started to interview people about their pasts. And um, I have a pastor that we're interviewing um, this weekend, who's really going to give his oh. viewpoint. Um, yoga and why it can be alarming yeah Mm -hmm. and so I feel like um, it was almost done (laughs) and now I feel like we're kind of going another direction but we want to put out something that's meaningful and um, and so I'm okay with letting it evolve and turn into what it needs to turn into 
where are you in the in the process? I saw the the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. If if anyone hasn't uh, seen the trailer, you can go find it on YouTube. Yes, and it's just is it Yogi in the Bible Yogi Belt? Yogi in the Bible Belt. Okay, yeah, and you can also go to yamayoga.net okay. and um, and see the trailer on on that website as well. It's a beautiful trailer. Thank you. It's gorgeous. Thank um, you. I think people are so surprised that it's so professionally done. <laughs> My kids even asked me, he's like, Mom, are you doing this on your iPod? And I said, no, the actual have the cameras and lighting and audio. So, no. So where are you in the process? Is it almost it's done? It's almost done. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we've got two or three interviews that we that we want to um, button down, and then, I, and then it's done. We're ready to go. And when do you think that you'll be releasing that? I think the next couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. And you're going to do some showings at some local yoga yes. studios and maybe come in. Yes. That's the plan mm-hmm. is to have it available on Amazon, um, have it available to download or buy in a DVD set um, on the website. Uh, and then I'm really hoping that I could get into yoga studios. We could do a viewing and maybe a stretch class or something. But, and then, I mean, ultimately my hope is to get into some churches, you know, so that we can explain what it is that we do and that there's no reason to be threatened and... Uh, and that, that we can work well together. But I feel like there needs to be some demystifying in mm. order for that to happen. Yeah, yeah I, I would love to see that happen. As you've been making this documentary, how has the community responded to the making of the documentary? Uh, everyone's pretty open. You know, for a long time, I have a, a good friend who, um, who I talk to um, in depth, and she kind of counsels me whenever I start to get a little fearful uh, about how it's going to be received and she just said you know Summer you're not making this for people who aren't going to watch it make it for the people who are going to watch it be the best that you can be you know send your message with love and the people who need to see it will see it Mm -hmm. and uh, so I feel like the message is going to get to the people who need to see it so there hasn't been a lot of resistance Um, again I don't know that that the people who would have something to say about her are actually keeping up with me. <laughs> I'm not even on their radar, I don't think. So we'll see what happens when it's actually published. <laughs> My goodness, I um, it's so needed, and um, you know, it's just different pockets of the country probably need it more than other pockets of the country, different areas, and I think so. um, definitely not as a um, you know anything that's to put anyone down or anything like that. It's no. definitely just education and... Yeah, yeah. Just to allay fears, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in Canton, there's... When I first moved to Canton, I noticed whenever I first moved there, I'd be walking through Walmart shopping and somebody would say, how are you, so-and-so? And the person would go, I'm blessed. And I thought... And I had not heard that language before. And so it was different to me, you know, to hear somebody respond in that way. Um, and... The longer I've lived there, the more I start to understand, you know, them saying they're blessed is simply my way of thinking about the ways that I'm grateful, you know, and Mm -hmm. and being, showing gratitude in life for the gifts that I have. So I think it's been just as much an education for me, Mm -hmm. you know, to understand that language and that we really are both saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. We just need a bridge. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I can be the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think you can be a bridge, um, and I'm really looking forward to the release, and hopefully we can do a showing here at Blue. I've already put it out there, and people are very excited, so hopefully we can connect and do, and do that. So you talked about where people can find the trailer of the 
documentary, where mm-hmm. can people find out more about your studio? Same place, find yeah, out more about yoga. you? Yeah, yamyoga.net. Okay. Yeah, you can go, go on there. there. And then I do have um, a YouTube channel, The Well-Traveled Yogi. It's still it's still in um, construction you know, phase. I have a lot of projects going on right now. But I do hope to be able to add a little bit more yeah. uh, content there. I would, if you have a few minutes, uh, tell me a little bit more about that. We were talking about The Well-Traveled Yogi. And I think it just sort of kind of goes into kind of your whole... Um, philosophy of making mm-hmm. yoga more accessible yeah. to everybody and letting everyone sort of see what else is out there. So tell me a little bit about that project that you're working well, on. Well, I find, so when I when I moved to Canton, I, I did work at um, one of the health clubs uh, for a little bit because I wanted people to have an authentic approach to yoga. And I didn't want somebody who hadn't been trained teaching yoga and then putting, you know, misconceptions out there or, or false practices. So I came to understand fairly quickly that people would just say it's a yoga class and then all levels would show up and you'd have somebody who could barely sit on the floor and then somebody who was super super flexible and active and then you had to try to navigate this class so that everyone could be challenged or get something out of it and so I started to realize that I think a lot of the population thinks that yoga is just yoga and it's not there's stretch there's restorative there's vinyasa there's nidra there's all kinds of different uh, schools of thought you know as far as Iyengar with alignment and props so if you're not educated you could walk into a class and it could ruin your whole experience because it was either too difficult or it was too slow and it just didn't resonate with you so I want people to understand that it's not one size fits all you've got to go and test out your teachers just like you would your doctor you've got to try different um, studios because you might not resonate with one teacher but the next teacher coming in might be a perfect fit for you so this was an attempt for me to kind of showcase and highlight all the different styles of yoga the different schools and disciplines and then various teachers Mm -hmm. so that people choose appropriate classes for themselves Mm -hmm. yeah that's good education because it's true the doctor will tell um you know the 65 year old person with chronic back pain just go take a yoga class and then you've got your 20 year old gymnast (laughs) in the same class and something's got to give it's not gonna you're not going to be able to have that same experience so And I think that's starting to kind of come around a little bit more, but still I think people, so. you know, yoga education still. Gen- yeah, it's yeah. all about the education. So I'm glad that you're out there doing that. Thanks. Summer, thank you so much for you're sitting welcome. down, for driving, driving <laughs> from Canton in the rain. It's raining out here. So I'm sure the traffic was no joke all the way out here. So, so thank you for, for taking the time and coming out and talking and um, really hope to get the documentary out. I'm really excited about that because it really does mirror a lot of my own experiences. And so I'm very excited to see it and share it with everybody I know. Um, And I wish you the very best of luck with that and all your endeavors. So thanks again for joining me today on DFW Yoga Podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time on the mat. Namaste. Namaste.